welcome. I am so excited to be here with you for our inaugural um, recording of women for women in leadership. This is a mentoring story. And so I want to just take a moment and welcome Andrea Stasiel and Donna Highfill to this first show of Leading Age Virginia. Uh, you get to be first, you get to be guinea pigs, and uh, we'll learn from this together. Absolutely. Before we dive into the questions I have, would you just each take a moment and introduce yourselves? Andrea, I'll start with you. Sure, I'm Andrea Staskell and I am the executive director of Warwick Forest, which is a retirement community in Newport News, Virginia. It's a life plan community and I'm also on the uh, leading age board uh, for Virginia. So very excited to be spending this time with you, Melissa and Donna. Thank you, and Donna? Yeah, I'm Donna Heifel and I've had my own consulting firm for over 20 years now, Donna Heifel Consulting. I'm also a principal at DLG Strategic um, specializing in change and performance and coaching for women. Great. Well, I neglected to say who I was. I'm Melissa <laughs> Andrews, president and CEO of Leading Age Virginia. And I'm really excited to dive into just the story of, of how you two met and how you've supported each other through um, this kind of ongoing mentoring relationship. I know friendship that you've grown over the years. So um, just, just if you could, how did you meet? <laughs> yeah, you start. Okay. So um, it was years ago, 20 plus years ago. And um, we, I was working for an insurance agency at the time. So I wasn't in senior living at the time. Uh, and I was an office manager um, in a small, small office, but we, I was part of a larger organization. So there were offices all over Virginia. Um, all with about four to five employees. All of those four to five employees were in charge of sales for insurance. Um, and so the principal and owner of the organization hired Donna to help us improve on our sales skills. Um, and we had different meetings offsite, onsite, things like that. But I was very offended that <laughs> at age you know, 21, 22 years old, I, <laughs> I was very offended. That, um, that he felt that this was necessary, especially for my office. Um, so I kind of dug my heels in a little bit and I was, I, I don't think I was rude, but I think I was, I was pretty put off by the fact that she was around and um, I let her know. <laughs> <laughs> Several times. <laughs> you can take over from there, Donna. <laughs> yeah, so when I walked in, we actually had a first meeting. It was in a fairly small room. Um, and he asked me to come in and just meet with the team and get to know them. And boy, I spotted Andrea immediately <laughs> because just, first of all, I could tell she was, kind of the leader in the room because I was watching other people watch her reactions and kind of see how she was responding to me. But what impressed me the most was that you immediately started asking questions um, about what I was doing and why I was doing it and, and why it was necessary and pushing back a little bit, but none of it was unfair. None of it was like attack mode. It was truly I want to know that this is best for us and best for the company. So I had a lot of respect for that, you know, a little bit of fear, <laughs> No, <laughs> but you're just, your body language was very much what I realized was you were, you were the influencer with that group. And so 
And it was a positive influence. It was truly a, I want to make sure this is best for everybody. So I knew that, that we were going to connect. Um, and it was because you were being honest and you were putting it out there. And it allowed me to say some things I needed to say for them because they were thinking everything you were asking. So Andrea, when, when you found out that Donna was going to, you know, come and, and teach, right, help you all, was it, was it ego that caused you to be offended by it? Was it naively? I mean, I, I felt like I was a top performer and should have been exempt from this nonsense. I had things to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, truly, I was 20, I think I was 22 years old at the time. So I mean, I, you, you do grow and you change over time. Um, and I certainly wouldn't be like that now, I don't think. <laughs> but I mean, put me in the right situation and I might be. So um, I, I think that uh, at the time, I just, I, I think it was probably ego because I really just didn't think that I needed it. And furthermore, I thought that I could do what she was doing for our team as well. So that was... But he wouldn't have he wouldn't have done that. So at the time. So when did that um, when did you have a shift in your um, Andrea and your kind of feeling about Donna being in the room and, and with you all? Well, I would say that she made me like her. So, I mean, I don't know if she did that intentionally or if I, I, somehow she just knew that I, she had to connect with me. And I guess, I, you know, we did, we somehow connected. And I think that was more her doing than mine at that point. Um, and honestly, I needed, I, I needed a good example. And, and I did, looking back, um, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So looking retroactively, I think that um, Donna was somebody that really, I recognized as somebody that I could look up to and have as an example because I really, there most, most of the women in my life weren't career women. They, that's so I think that her being a career woman and, you know, doing that every day was something that I aspired to be um, and didn't really have a good example of in my life. So I think that, I don't think I recognized that at the time, but I think now looking back, that was something that made us connect because I wanted to learn more about her, her profession, how she got where she was, you know, those kinds of things. I really wasn't concerned about her sales, <laughs> her sales teaching, but I wanted to, I wanted to learn her. So I think that was for me where, where we connected. And it, it sounds like at the beginning, when you first knew of this idea as being kind of the first woman that you knew that was going to be on this career path, mm -hmm. you had something to prove in and of yourself. It's like mm -hmm. when you're the, the first kid to go to college in your family, right? You feel mm -hmm. like you have this immense responsibility and something to prove. Um, Donna, you said that when you walked in the room, you you could see that, that Andrea was a natural born leader and that she asked good questions. Was there any part of you that related to kind of her, I, I don't know if it was an overt attitude that she had when you, when you came in, but did, you know, besides the, the natural born leader and the good questions, what else, did you see anything of yourself in her? I guess is really my question. Oh, that, that's part of the reason that I liked her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw me, <laughs> I thought, oh, no, I truly did. We connected on a couple of, of 
we connected in a couple of ways. Number one, we were both bankers. So really from a Myers-Briggs perspective, bankers have a tendency to be able to kind of go at each other and enjoy the debate and be fine with it. And I think that was that worked in our favor. So it really wasn't about hurt feelings as much as I was intrigued. Um, and I saw someone who was strong. I saw a female who was strong and the group was primary, was all female. Mm-hmm. And I think that there, there was that leadership there um, that I recognized right away. And so some of it was not just engaging a top performer and a strategy. It was that I truly just connected from, from the get-go from, from, because I saw how much she cared. And that's one thing with top performers is, man, they're all in and they work hard and she was the best. And a lot of times training is relegated to the most common denominator as far as skill. So I knew that I could engage her and have her help lead in the sessions with examples and ideas, which she did. Um, But yeah, I saw a little bit of myself in her maybe, you know, 15 years ago. And I really appreciated that part of her. Um, But I also knew that if we didn't connect or I didn't engage her, that it was, that would have been difficult to influence that group without her. Probably impossible. So at what point did you kind of formalize this mentor-mentee relationship or did you ever formalize it? I'm curious. I think we did over a period. Well, definitely when I left, well, I guess really you, I guess we stopped. We only really officially had you on hired as a con, you know, a contractor for us for a year or two. Is that right? It, it was actually several years. Okay. Or not, yeah. So then after that was over, I would continue, <laughs> I would continue to reach out from time to time and just, you know, say what I was doing or ask her for some advice on something. And she always, I mean, just little stuff, but, um, when I decided to sell my office, well, I think I think I reached out to you and I decided to become a partner and and buy my own and do my own office. Yep. Um, and we talked about that. And then five years after that, I sold the office and went back to school and, and we talked about that. And, you know, just because I felt like I had met up, I had kind of plateaued in my career. Um, I had gone as high as I could possibly go without more education. And um, I was already getting bored. So my options were deal with it or go back to school and keep keep growing. So I, I really, I needed somebody that was going to help push me or champion me. Because, you know, I just, the other people in my life were kind of like, you've got such a great gig. Why would you want to incur that debt or um, you know, those, those types of, um, things, not that they, everybody was supportive of whatever I wanted to do. Um, but they weren't, they weren't going to push me. And I I felt like I needed to be pushed a little bit. So, um, Donna did that for me and she's always been the person that's pushed me, I think. And I've always called her when I needed a push. (laughs) And Donna, did you go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that probably kind of defines what, as you spend your lifetime trying to define really what your specialty is and that whole catalyst and helping people go through difficult transitions and times of change is, is what I do. Um, we had a lot of lunches at Mexico. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> we did. And I think when we, when, when the sales stuff that I was working on started working, 
that's Andrea, when you started really getting on board, you started realizing that this was not just a waste of money and time. You became an important part of that. When you got your own shop, you know, we talked about your success there and I knew you'd succeed, but I also could tell that you weren't going as far as you could go. And um, it's scary to step out of something that's very secure and very impressive that people around you are saying that's enough. You know, why would you ask for more? So I thought it was very courageous of you to keep moving forward um, when the majority of the people in your life were saying you're really comfortable and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So Donna, did you recognize that, that Andrea was leaning on you as a mentor? Did you recognize that role? Yeah, too. Um, <laughs> what? I said she had to. I mean, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I mean, I knew that. But I also, there were times where I would talk to you about stuff because being out consulting, I was at at the time when I started, I was a single mom. I had two kids. Um, I was jumping out of a job and it wasn't like I had a ton of money to back me up. Um, I was kind of sole provider for the kids and I was jumping into consulting. So we also, it was kind of dual strength of, because I knew she would push me too. We didn't give each other a lot of slack. It, it, It was, all right, we don't know how we're going to do this let's figure it out and we would push each other but yeah the mentoring I was honored to do that because I could see Andrea's potential and who she was as a human being and um it was we had some great conversations we laughed a lot (laughs) we had fun you can solve the world's problems over chips and salsa that's right I mean there's some queso (laughs) and forget about it um, so, um, so Donna, I mean, did you have a mentor like yourself, like you were for Andrea as you were, as you were, you know, going further into your life and as you were growing up? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think that, I don't know if she was a mentor, she wasn't around when I went into my own business, but she would have been. And truly, I mean, this sounds so cliche, but it was my, my grandmother. So my my grand, my grandfather was a minister and he had a massive heart attack at 53 and grandma had a seminary degree, but she didn't even know how to drive at the time. I mean, this was in the sixties and she had always just supported him, him. So she just bought a car, drove to a church, walked in and said, you all need a youth minister and I'm your person. And she got the job and then she continued to work and just evolve and, and kind of created, she was an entrepreneur on her own. She created her own work in a time when that just wasn't done. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and my aunt who got her doctorate and was a professor in a time as a divorcee when she got kicked out of the church because her husband was minister of music. And, um, you know, even though it was more him than her, she got kicked out of the church, but then proceeded to get her doctorate and raise two boys by herself. So I had very strong female roles that I let me know I could do this. Um, so Andrea, you know, you, you had this solid career in insurance and then you decided to, you know, go back to school and that you wanted to do something else. How did you land in older adult services? Uh, it was it was an accident. Of course, it always <laughs> so, is. <used> to be. <laughs> yep. Um, they were my so my degree is in marketing. It was uh, marketing with management and uh, organizational um, management for leader and organizational leadership for my concentration. And you know, I was looking for marketing director positions. I felt like my past experience in, in sales would kind of lend itself to the marketing field. 
um, and wouldn't, it would help me in my future career and not feel like I was completely starting over. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, was looking for positions like that. When I started interviewing for different positions, I interviewed um, for Riverside, the lifelong health division um, for the marketing director position at Warwick Forest. And uh, it was funny because as we were talking, I was like, well, this is really more sales than it is marketing. This is, I mean, there's a marketing component, but this is heavy sales. And they're, and, you know, the vice president at the time was like, that's why we're having this conversation with you. <laughs> so um, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I was back in sales, even though I really initially was like, I'm not doing sales anymore. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I, I love people. Like I just... I, I'm, I gravitate towards service anyway. So trying to pull myself out of that and do more advertising and behind the scenes things really wasn't meant for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I landed here and, uh, you know, I've been doing different things ever since. So I probably about two years into um, my position as marketing director, I started uh, an administrator and training program through the health system as well, um, which it was a 15, 1600 hour um, process to get my nursing home administrator's license. And so I did that while I was, you know, employed in that position. Um, and then my, my then boss decided to retire um, and I became interim for her after she retired. I was the interim executive director here for a short period of time. And then uh, I was made permanent. And it was funny because I finished my AIT program and, and passed my exam in August of 18 and she retired or announced her retirement in September of 18. Um, and so I was interim right away. And then, uh, so I've been the executive director officially since uh, December of 18 and I'm getting ready to start an MBA program. So now <laughs> I'm doing that. <laughs> So, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but you don't see your career plateauing um, in this field yet, do you? Because I don't want to lose you. <laughs> I don't know. We will see. I think, you know, for me, I just, I want to constantly grow, but I do worry that when I am away from people that I will lose energy. Mm-hmm. So I think that as long as I am always, I always have some sort of way to get to the people, <laughs> that I will, I will do well. Um, but there is, a, there is a certain level at which you're not really interacting very much with people. Um, but you can, choose, you can choose to have that look however you want it to look as well. So. Um, well, I think it's, um, it's interesting how you said that 21 year old, um, you know, didn't want somebody to come in and tell her what to do because she thought she knew it. And here you are, you know, years later saying, I'm going to get my MBA because that constant learning is obviously something that you have grown to really value. It is. Um, And I think that's spectacular. So, um, so good luck on the MBA. It's going to be a slow Um, process. I'm going to take it easy because here is pretty demanding, but you don't, you don't ever take it easy. (laughs) I do not believe that. So let me just ask you a couple more, um, more questions, you know, um, so how would you say that your relationship has evolved over the years? I think it's gone, I, for me, it's gone more from a mentor to just a really good 
friendship that's based on, on respect and love and caring about each other. And I think that, you know, we've both grown to a place where now it's a lot more just, um, equal. We just, it's just a mutual respect. Andrea, I don't know. You may not feel the same way, but. Oh, I, I definitely do. I still, Donna would probably be one of the first people that I would call if I was doing something that scared me that I knew was, I mean, that's one of those things, right? So I think that's part of, of growth too, is when you, when you get to a point where you're getting ready to do something that feels a little bit too big for you. Um, I know that she's one of those people that would push me in that way. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely say I would consider her a friend and I'm very happy to, that we can pick up where we left off. Cause sometimes there's months in between us chatting, but, and we, it's been longer than that now for us to have lunch. It's been over a year since, since uh, COVID. So. Yep. And, you know, I think you brought up a really good point just for everybody to hear. And that is, I think people feel like people who take chances and who grow that it's just, they have a natural affinity for that. And they've got this natural courage. And one thing Andrea and I have always shared is we're scared to death sometimes. I mean, we take these leaps and these, and we're scared. It's like being between trapezes. We've let go of one. We haven't hit, reached the other. We don't know if there's a net and, but we feel led to do that. We feel that it's something that's right for us, but it's not a no fear. We just jump and you know, have a good time. Sometimes it's scary. And I think people need to know that, that it's, it's not something that's just a natural thing for us. We have to push through the fear to do it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because, um, especially as women who have full lives, you know, we're, we're working, we're moms, we may or may not be wives, we're daughters, we're siblings, we're friends. I mean, there's so much, um, that, that needs our attention in life and to be able to take those, those moments of fear and then say, but you know what, I can I'm going to push myself and I have, you know, those around me who will be there, right? So that if I falter, they're there to encourage me. Um, and I think that's so important. The other thing that I picked up on that you both said, and I've had this experience is that, you know, mentoring relationship doesn't mean it's a life sentence, right? I mean, we have, depending on the phases in our lives, but, you know, so many people that have mentored me have retired, um, now, you know, they're, they're people in this field and I still call them. I still reach mm -hmm. out. I still want to hear their perspective, but I think that, that, um, it becomes more of a collegial, as you said, Donna, you know, your equals. Um, mm -hmm. although I don't know some of my mentors, I would, I would never say I was their equals because they're just incredible, <laughs> fabulous. Um, and hopefully I'll get to spotlight them on this, this series at some point. Um, so two last questions. Um, the first is, What's, what's the most valuable lesson that you learned from your relationship with one another? Hmm, that's a really good question. Good question. I, I would say to be open. I, I think that I was very closed before I met Donna and not that I, I wasn't open to new experiences, but that I really to listen a little better and um, be open to more ideas from other people. I, I definitely think was a big takeaway and a learning lesson from her courage. And yeah, and I, I think it was, there's so, we so limit ourselves with our beliefs and Andrea, the changes you went through, I mean, it was not, 
I went and got a little bit better job or you went through significant change and watching you evolve and change in so many different ways reminded me of the potential of, of human beings. And you tapped into it and you did it when you were afraid and you continue to push yourself. And I'm so proud to know you. I, I think that that knowing you reminds me of the potential that people have that they sometimes cower from because we're kind of scared of that. So that's, that's what you've taught me is that the potential is limitless and you just don't stop. And I love that about you. Well, thank you. So my last question is what advice do you have um, for somebody who, who feels they could use a push, but doesn't necessarily have someone in their life to push them or, or maybe the push they need is to ask somebody to be their mentor. Um, any advice you would have with somebody who's seeking that relationship, either to mentor someone or to, or to be mentored? I think my advice would be find somebody that you think is, um, that you kind of have on that pedestal, whoever that may be. Um, and reach out. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, call me or call Donna, <laughs> because I'm very motivated to help people grow. Um, I want to do that for other people. And I feel exactly the same way. Um, that's what my passion is. And my advice would be don't look, sometimes people think asking for a mentor, number one is either kind of a weakness, which it's not, mm -hmm. it's the opposite. It's having, having right. the courage to ask for that. Um, and then the other is, well, I don't want to bother that person. Uh, people have a right to say no if they're busy, but you know what? The ability to give to somebody else is so important to people. And sometimes we're much better at giving than receiving. And sometimes we need to allow somebody else to give to us. So if you need that, ask somebody, give them that opportunity. If they can't do it, then, then they can't do it. But most people, it'll be a gift to them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that I've heard from both of you is that it's been as fulfilling for you, Donna, as it has been for you, Andrea. It's such a mutual relationship. I, I'm mentoring somebody officially, you know, like they asked me to be their mentor. I've never been so humbled mm -hmm. um, in my entire life. And I have gotten so much more out of the relationship than I think I could ever give. Um, and, and it really is, it is mutual. Um, and, and I have a feeling somebody might take you up on your offer, um, because you're both just extraordinary women. And, um, and I do want to say, even though we're focused on women supporting women, you know, I have had extraordinary male mentor in my life and male mentee, and there's room for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think some that one of the things I took away from you that was unique about your relationship is, um, you know, you saw something in it of yourself in the other person. Mm -hmm. So that um, relatability, I think, probably really helps further further the the relationship as well. Uh, well, I want to thank you. Is there anything else that you haven't said that you definitely want to say before we end our time together? I can't think of anything. I would just say for women, um, one thing that I see over and over again is we feel we need to have to do it all, all and do it all well and be great at everything because we're afraid if we slip on one thing, we'll be seen as not being effective. And I think we've had to battle that. Um, and I think women need 
mentors and help, and they don't have to be perfect at everything. Mm -hmm. um, any, anybody who's going to take leaps is going to stumble. And if you're not stumbling, you're not taking leaps. So have, have the courage to do that. I think that's so important. And I, I, I've been um, listening to, to a podcast recently. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, let's face it. I probably saw it on TikTok. Um, but it's this whole, <laughs> this whole notion of what am I going to let go? And, yeah, yeah. you know, for some it's, I'm, I'm not going to clean my own house. Right. Mm -hmm. Or for some it's, I cannot take home homemade cupcakes for my kid's birthday to school. Like, hello, yep. I'm going to Publix or Wegmans to pick up those cupcakes. You know, it's, it's figuring out what's your real priorities. What do you mm -hmm. need to, what do you feel driven to excel in and being okay to say, you know what, we're, we're getting frozen pizza tonight. That's right. That's um, right. And I think that is really hard for, for all of us. And I think that, you know, fake book makes it even harder, you know, when you see people's magical holidays, where everything, <laughs> you know, I call them the Pinterest's, Pinterest moms who are so talented and they make everything magical. And, and I'm an Amazon mom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with either of those. <laughs> My kids thought that powdered cheese was the real cheese for years because I made their macaroni and cheese from a box. And my sister was so mad at me. She's like, your kids don't even know what cheese is. <laughs> but they survived and they're both successful and, and, and they do survive. And if other people judge you, that's their story that they're living. It has nothing to do with yours. You, you just keep doing what you need to do. I had somebody clean my house. The first thing I did when I started making decent money and I haven't, I'm, I've never cooked, so... They all survive. It's all right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I read some research on, uh, and I share it actually every so often on the effects of working women on on their children. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting research, but they found that in particular boys, and I have boys, um, they are better at doing household chores. So my boys do cook. And, you know, now it's, cheating a little bit. I order the home chef things or the, those kind of things, but they come in and all the ingredients are there. There's no excuses. There's an, there's recipe card and you know, they, they make dinner and have it ready when we get home. They're teenagers now. So I, you know, they are not afraid to clean the house. And my, my 18 year old, he cooks dinners for his girlfriend and he's, you know, proud of that. So I, I think, well, that's good because I didn't have time to cook. See what they've learned. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. And the, the last thing I'll add, um, my stepdaughter is 19. She's a sophomore in college. And I want her to listen to this because I want her to, to understand that, you know, your major doesn't necessarily dictate your career. Your career doesn't necessarily dictate your life, right? right? right. You are an example, both of you, of women who, who made changes and, mm -hmm. you know, who, who course corrected or decided I want to try that. And so, you know, our life path is not written in stone. No, okay. It's clay that we get to mold along the way. Um, and, and that's really rooted in that foundation of, of courage that you, you both talked about. So thank you so much. This has been uh, food for my soul. I really <laughs> have enjoyed learning more about you both and just seeing the, the wonderful um, chemistry between you that I know has grown over the years. So thank you for being part of this Leading Age Virginia series yet to be named. <laughs> we will figure that out before we release it. We'll cut that part. We'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, thank you for having us. This was great. Yes, oh, you're so, you. you're so welcome. Wow. Paula, I don't know about you, but I am 
uh, just incredibly inspired by Donna and Andrea. What, what struck you the most during that conversation? I was awed at their authenticity and you know how they really came together and worked together, but then became friends and colleagues um, afterwards. Um, but still, each is growing from the other, each is um, moving forward because of the other, and I think they'll continue that for the rest of their lives. Yeah, it just reminded me of, of how important that mentoring is early, early on for, mm -hmm. for people. I, I can't help but wonder, not, don't get me wrong, love my career and so I'm happy where I am, but you know, looking back, what different choices might I have made um, that might have still gotten me to the same place had I had someone like a, like a Donna Heifel in my life at that time. That's true. I've always depended on men. They've been my mentors throughout my life. But, um, you know, my goal, again, was not to be the COO, CEO of something. I always wanted to be the person just below to lift that person up. And, you know, I think I've done that for most of my life. But in listening to these women, I'm thinking, oh, Years ago, I should have done things different. I should have thought things different if I just had that woman mentor. <laughs> I know, I know. Doesn't it make you want to find somebody that you can mentor and, and pay it forward with, with all of the maybe not so easy choices we've made in our lives? Or, um, and then that in and of itself is a stretch to, to you know, bring somebody under your wing. Um, you do that with your nephew. I, I do that with my nephew and my niece to some extent, but when I was working in hospice, I worked with several of the um, folks there and mentored them, getting them, you know, encouraging them, you need to move on, go to college, do this. And when they were having struggles through college, I was there, you know, it's just like, I like being there to help people. My role in my life, I know has always been servant. So I'm always to help there to help other people. So I know that has been a mentor. I never thought it as a mentor, but yeah, my best guess is what it is. <laughs> Well, I, I just have a lot to think about and that theme of courage that I heard throughout this, um, you know, makes me want to remind myself that everybody takes, takes risks all the time and everybody's scared of something. And so to be able to work through that, I really appreciated them sharing that these, these changes they've made were not easy. Was that your biggest takeaway from the session? Um, I, that was one of them. That was one of them. You know, just the realization that strong, confident, successful people can be scared too. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has it all together all the time because we're human. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. I look forward to our next recording. Perfect. Thank you.